Welcome back to Kids Who Are We Really? Today, we're talking about the endless cycle and trap that we as a society have fallen into. One reason that we have such a hard time seeing or changing the way that kids are seen is because it's been part of every single one of our lives. As we grow up, our parents teach us how to live our lives. They teach us the right from the wrong. They teach us how the world works. So when we're shown that kids' opinions don't matter as much, we transfer that into our adult lives, and our children's, and theirs, and theirs, and so on and so forth. We often think that the issues that we see today are just seen today, but in reality, we've seen many of the same issues in the past as we do today, even though they might be slightly different. I had an interview with one of my teachers about this idea. Here's one of the questions that I asked her. Do you think that the fear of changes in culture or society are part of this misunderstanding? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think humans are not comfortable with change. And so anything that seems like an affront to the way things are done or the status quo, I think that seems scary. And when something seems scary, I think that um, anger or um, resentment or pushback is kind of the natural um, reaction that we experience. So I think that culture and society are constantly evolving. There's always been changes. And as long as there's been changes, there's been older generations pushing back against it. Um, I am part of the millennial generation and everyone before us wants to talk incessantly about that we are ruining the economy. We are ruining the housing market. All we want to do is eat our avocado toast. Um, But at the end of the day, we inherited a world that we are trying our best to live in. Um, And every generation always knocks the generation after them the the baby boomers lamented that you know my parents generation came along and they weren't as hard working they weren't the greatest generation and every generation longs for this invented nostalgia of the good old times that existed before the new um, kind of groups came in and I think if you look back through the history things that had once been scandalous that were older generations feeling like change was being enforced Um, Nowadays seem really not so bad. If you look at the 20s, the flappers took skirts up above, you know, the shins and God forbid your ankles show. And I think that if you look back into the late 50s and 60s, um, the scandal of Elvis's gyrating hips seemed really intense. And yet every generation longs for, you know, these these good old days that might have existed before and is upset that the newer generations might be trying to change that. Um, But when we look back on those things, it's easy to look back at pop culture and music and art and, and, you know, things that seem great, but we tend to gloss over the negative attributes of the past. My grandparents' generation, who are part of the baby boomers and think, you know, they were pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and super hardworking, that's not wrong, but they also lived in a time of segregation and racism. Uh, Women had to fight for rights. People of different sexual orientations had to fight for rights. People of different races and ethnicities had to fight for rights. And those are battles that are still ongoing today. So I think that part of why this is like an ongoing problem is that every generation turns to the people coming after them and thinks that they're not as good or they're not going to, you know, they're not going to fix anything and they might even make things worse. And that's just the way it's always been. So unless some generation finally stops that cycle, um, there's no way to ever, you know, have that not happen.
this comes back to the idea of change. The differences in children, whether personal or generational, make people uneasy and nervous. In order to support our children and move on into the future, we must embrace the change that our children bring. My geography teacher and I were talking a lot about how the changes between ages transfers down through generations and why we're seeing these differences. Here's the full interview. seen or felt that kids around you are underestimated or misunderstood due to their age or appearance? Um, yeah, I absolutely think that's true. I think that both um, kids that I'm familiar with here and also things that I've seen like in the national news, um, I think that in the past year, there's been tons of examples of students stepping up to take action on um, platforms that they really believe in and kind of being um, undervalued by their age. I think that um, evidence of this would be like the students from Parkland um, trying to start different initiatives around gun safety. And I think that not only did that happen at the national level, but we actually had um, students here in Jefferson County last year that started um, an organization called Jeffco Students for Change. And I witnessed firsthand um, not only political officials, but other adults um, not treat them with the respect that they deserved for the amount of work they put in and, and research they'd done, um, acting like they didn't really understand the issue just because of their youth. Um, I think that the action on climate is another great example. I know that there was just in this past month a student-led um, organization and marches all across the world um, where students were rallying behind the cause of climate change and people were acting like they didn't understand or couldn't possibly understand just based on their age. Did you feel underestimated or misunderstood when you were a teenager or a child? Yeah, I definitely think it was more in the realm of an academic setting. I think that teenagers nowadays, because of the fact that they have phones and they're constantly accessing information about the world around them, they are a lot more informed and passionate about issues. Um, in my youth, I don't know that I was as impassioned about an issue, um, but I do think that I was underestimated specifically in an academic setting. Um, I was definitely a struggling student when I was in school. Um, I am dyslexic and since I had some differences in the way I learned, I think a lot of teachers underestimated my ability to learn just because I learned in a different way. Um, and I had a 504, which was um, some different accommodations to let me access education like every other student. I think that some teachers thought that meant that I wasn't as intellectually capable as other students. So I think I was discounted in that way. Have you noticed differences in the treatment of teenagers of different ages, not just between adults and kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I primarily work with freshmen, so five classes per day I see freshmen and I see not only the way freshmen act, but the way freshmen have been conditioned to act. Um, when I first get freshmen at the beginning of the year, they're barely out of eighth grade and there's a lot of things that I think are really interesting um, that the middle school imposes on them. So things like not being able to enter the classroom without being invited or not being able to carry their backpacks. Um, I think that they are really babied up until freshman year and then all of a sudden they have a whole bunch of new freedoms and expectations that they haven't been adequately prepared for. So not only have um, you know, 13, 14 year olds been treated like children, they come here and then 
um, they're still treated very differently, I think, than kids of um, older grades at the school. And I think that that really does them a disservice because if you really think about it, a 13, 14 year old um, who hasn't been taught to act like an adult and then is expected to be acting like an adult and is treated almost disrespectfully for the fact that they haven't been, um, I guess, scaffolded and taught in a way that would help them to gain those responsibilities gradually over time. I think that's, it's kind of unfair. Um, and then at the same time, there's not really a huge difference. I think we expect, or we, I guess, allow a lot more for seniors, but really the difference between seniors and juniors and sophomores and freshmen, it's, the age difference isn't tremendous for the difference in how they are treated. What would you say to kids if they told you they felt underestimated? Um, I would... I would agree that I see them being treated that way, so I think that their feeling that way would be like real and valid. Um, and I think that that'd be incredibly frustrating because I see students at our high school and at schools around the country and around the world taking action on things that even adults aren't willing to try to change or affect. I see a lot more maturity in today's teenagers than I think probably in any generation that's ever existed before them and it makes sense because they have the access to the like collective knowledge of the entire world. There's a constant access to information about what's happening all over the place. And I think that kids um, of today, not only are they more, more familiar with world issues, um, but I feel like they're less judgmental and I feel like they're less um, um, xenophobic, less racist, less... They focus a lot less on differences, I think, than any generation before them. So I think that... Um, it's unfortunate that they feel like they are underestimated and underappreciated, and I see why they would feel that way, um, but I don't agree that they should be treated like that. How do you think the way that kids are treated today affects generations of the future? Um, I think, first of all, I would hope that the fire and passion that students of today have won't be lost just because people are so dismissive of them. Um, my fear would be that they are trying to make changes and that if doors keep being slammed in their face or that um, people are not taking them seriously, that they would give up. I think that people are constantly saying that teenagers don't care, or that they're apathetic, and I don't believe that to be true. So I think the first thing I'd be worried about as far as outcomes of students being underestimated was that they would give up, and that's it's a huge uphill battle that they face. So I think the first problem is that if they would give up, that would we wouldn't see the change in the progress in the world of the future. Um, but I also think that the way we are treating generations right now will train them how to treat the generations that come after them. So we are teaching our children how they will teach and train the children after them. It's an ongoing cycle um, that if we don't start putting faith and belief and um, respect in our generations that are existing right now, like how could they ever treat the next generations after them any differently? What are some ways you think that we could change the way that kids are seen? Um, from the standpoint of the students, just continuing to 
relentlessly pursue what you find passion in. Um, I think that the kids who are working to force adult action on climate change, I think that they, if they're consistent in their messaging and they show that it's not just a fad or a trend to care about things, um, I think that slowly they would just win the adults over and the adults would gain respect that these kids are not messing around. They're not just doing something because they think it's like popular or cool. Um, from the adult standpoint, I think listening, I think remembering um, how we felt in our youth and, and looking at the world and thinking about the world that we want to see in the future and listening to how students are trying to affect that world, um, I think that that could go a long way in terms of um, making progress on students not being or feeling underestimated. Thank you so much for listening to Kids Who Are We Really. Please stay tuned for the next episode and feel free to send me any voice messages or any questions you have and I might post them on the next episode. Thanks and see you soon.